Clemson, South Carolina. It is Hot Takes with Juan and Eric. And this week in sports, we had Saturday night, UFC 229, the main event ending with Khabib defeating McGregor by submission, which prompted him to dive into the crowd over the cage after Conor McGregor's team and incite a massive brawl. We had Mike Stoops, the Oklahoma defensive coordinator, being fired after giving up 48 points to Texas. The most ever given up by Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown. Ruffin McNeil has been named their interim defensive coordinator. Moving on to baseball news, we have the Milwaukee Brewers advancing to the NLCS with their sweep of the Rockies. Their first postseason series sweep ever. And the Dodgers have a 2-1 lead over the Braves. The Astros lead 2-0 over the Indians. And the Yankees and the Red Sox are tied at 1. And all of those teams will play tonight. And one of those points is what we're going to start with tonight, the main event of UFC and the headliner of this episode, UFC 229's massive brawl. And what I'm going to assume is the key moment, the biggest moment so far in UFC history. The fight between Khabib and McGregor was highly anticipated, ended with a shock win for some, um, for Khabib, and then the immediate reaction from him he immediately went to McGregor's corner started talking trash to that team they apparently said some stuff back and he just jumped over the fence in the octagon went into the crowd and then the fight went into the octagon yeah you had multiple people jumping into the octagon to assault McGregor as well yeah he got sucker punched a few times Uh, (laughs) not sure if they were part of Khabib's team but he definitely did get punched a few times in the ring and um it was a big mess uh what do you think of that situation um so I actually wanted to watch the fight, but I ended up not because I fell asleep mm-hmm. and woke up to seeing all this on Twitter, and I, I was in absolute disbelief at what happened. Um, this was an absolute shock. Uh, it's just something that you don't ever expect to happen. You don't ever think about happening. I I, I can't believe I, I can't believe it. No. And uh, Dana White has said that there's a possibility that Khabib's title could be stripped from him. Um, McGregor's taking it like a champ, though, uh, posting on Twitter a picture of him holding some kind of drink, smoking a cigar and saying he's ready for round two or something like that. He said that they they lost the match but won the battle or something like that and and, and ready to go again or something. But uh, Dana White did imply that there were going to be uh, likely legal ramifications to this mm-hmm. um, a possibility uh, there's possible issues with going to be possible issues with visas for Khabib and his team and getting back and forth from Russia now that, that's an interesting point as well um, I was thinking about yeah it, this is a big mess and and the funny thing is as much trouble as it created for Dana White and the UFC it's ultimately good for the brand they're, it's all anybody's talking about. Yeah, it is. It, it's huge for the sport. Um, it, it's finally made like major national news. I feel like this is the biggest thing for you know UFC since the uh, McGregor versus Mayweather fight. I mean, you had a guy coming from UFC and all this stuff. Everybody was talking about it. And while this fight was huge, it wasn't on the you know main population's mind. And now that's like you're saying what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Interesting to see the ramifications. I would love to see a round two. This is a and good I, fight. I think 
depending on how stiff the the legal ramifications are for this, and and judging by the legal ramifications for Conor McGregor's incident a couple months back, assaults in that bus. Yes. Judging by the punishment that was handed out to him for that, I have a feeling that it won't be too long before we do see a rematch, and uh, that's going to be intense. It is. All right, but besides that, we are ready to move on then to this week's coming up in sport. Going on then to Thursday night in the NFL, we've got major divisional matchup here. You got the Eagles going on the road to face the Giants. Eagles are at two and three. Giants at one and four. How's this matchup going? Um, yeah, both of these teams are in a tough spot. Uh, Adam Schefter just broke a few minutes ago that JHI is out for the season with a torn ACL. Yes. And the Giants are struggling with Eli Manning. Um, the thought process for them was that when they got their receivers back and healthy, that things would kind of return to normalcy, and that's not been the case. And I think it's evident that Eli Manning is not the quarterback um, that is going to lead the Giants back to where they once were. That being said, um, give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Just over, just quarterback play. Just quarterback play. I can agree to that. Um, Giants do not look to be it this year. They no. do not look to be a good team. Um, they had the comeback. They had the opportunity to beat the Panthers, and then Graham Gano drop shot of them real quick with a sixty-three yarder with the um, with the time running out there, and that's what's gotten right now at one and four. And I think it's going to continue their losing way. So Eagles for the win in my mind. All right, going to our Sunday action here. One o'clock. You got the Buccaneers going on the road to face the Falcons in another divisional matchup here. Buccaneers at two and two. Falcons at one and four. So the Fitzmagic is gone, and the Falcons still can't score in the red zone. <laughs> um, Same storylines. How's this one going then? I would say someone has to win, but we've had two ties this season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take the Falcons with the advantage again in quarterback play. I disagree. I feel like Fitzmagic might be back. Um, J-Bo might also be playing this game. Uh, not sure. It's whoever the Buccaneers decide to do. I just don't have any confidence in the Falcons this year. They just aren't the offensive team that they were two years ago to get to that Super Bowl. So give me the Buccaneers in a somewhat surprising victory here. Moving on then. 1 o'clock, you got the Steelers going on the road to face the Bengals. Another divisional matchup here. This one in Ohio. How's it going for you? I uh, Cincinnati's good. Surprisingly good. Which, They're four and one. Yeah. Which <clears throat> excuse me. Which I find strange, uh, as we all should. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pittsburgh's defense is just not where it needs to be. So um, give me the Bengals. I. I don't know if I can count out the Steelers for this much. It seems weird to me that they're in a position to be last place in their own division. And so I can't go with it. Um, Give me the Steelers for the win here. I feel like this should be the bounce back story here. I don't think that the Bengals can, can sustain their winning ways, but good on them for having a 4-1 record so far. All right, 1 o'clock here. You got the Chargers going on the road to face the Browns coming fresh off of a victory. Yeah. What are your thoughts here? Give me the Browns again. Woo! <clears throat> uh, they're rolling after a, another overtime win. And, um, or I think another overtime. They actually came out on top with this one. And I see no reason why at home under Baker Mayfield that momentum won't carry them to a third win. The Browns should improve to 3-2-1. and one. They're going to have a winning record for the first time 
in a long, long mm-hmm. time. And I agree with you. I agree. I think they're, the they're a good team. Not the, Super Bowl. Not Super Bowl. Maybe on the bubble for the playoffs. Maybe wild card. Maybe wild card. And that's wild, to say the least. Yeah, because you, it's an improvement. It's it's insane. They were zero and sixteen last year, and they you know they did a little better the year before with one and already. And 15. The worst they can do is uh, what two thirteen and one. There we go. Two thirteen and one. Well, let's go. I got the Browns. Cleve win, baby. Declaring it again. Moving on, then one o'clock. You've got the Seattle Seahawks coming off of a loss to the Rams, facing the Oakland Raiders. Seahawks the three point favorites. Who do you got? Oh boy, uh, the Raiders have a. Is the issue with the Raiders John Gruden or Derek Carr? We were discussing this earlier. Uh, you said it was a cop out for me to say a little bit of both. I'm going to put most of the blame then on Derek Carr. Derek Carr seemed to only have one good year under center with the Raiders, and then with the the broken leg and and the back, mm-hmm. he's just never been the same. Yes, and uh, I mean that's not his fault necessarily. I mean, it's tough to come back from those injuries, but one in four is not the results you need. But you've also got to point to Gruden in the play calling. Fourth and one on the goal line, or whatever, third and one, fourth and one on the goal line, and you you throw it. Yeah. When you have Marshawn Lynch, you did it again. On the one-yard line, no matter what it was, on the one-yard line, we've learned this lesson from the Seahawks. We learned first and goal, second and goal, whatever. You got Marshawn, feed him the ball. You have... I go out on a limb and say the best trucking running back of all time. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is hard to take down. This guy and you is... don't feed him on the one? Oh, my God. But they threw it. Give me the Seahawks. <laughs> Give me the Raiders. I think they'll bounce back. Um, Derek Carr has something to show for. I don't think the Seahawks are that good. Going on to another one, one o'clock matchup here. You got the Bears going on the road to face the Dolphins. Bears are 3-1. and one. And they're the favorites by three points. This one's in Miami, though. What's your thoughts? Khalil Mack is unbelievable. And mm. But see, the thing about this is the Bears are an improved team, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins are an improved team with Tannehill back under center. It's mm, – I, I, they're both solid teams, and they're both teams that I think can make the playoffs this year. I don't think that this game will necessarily decide it, um, their playoff hopes, but I do believe that the Bears will come away with the road win. I do too. All right then, moving on to 1 o'clock here, you've got the Arizona Cardinals facing the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota the 10.5 point favorite, huge favorites here. What are your thoughts? As they should be. The Cardinals are abysmal. Give me the Vikings, big. Give me the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, I like that. You like that. Let's go. Moving on, then. Unless they end up rolling with Josh Rosen like they put him in last week. We'll see. <laughs> 1 o'clock. You got the Colts facing the Jets. The Jets coming off of a victory. They're at home facing the 1-4 and four Colts. Who do you think is going to get it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I. It's so funny. The NFL this year is, like, split into three groups. You've got mediocrity. Okay. And elite. Yeah. And in that elite, you've got, right now, two teams. The Chiefs and the Rams. That's it. That's it. You've got teams close. Patriots are close. But they're still in the okay realm. Right. And, oh, God. Give me the Jets. Yeah. I, we'll just take the Jets. I'll take the Jets, too. I'm not feeling strong about this matchup. We can go to the game for 30 bucks. It's a steal. Let's go. East Rutherford. Moving on, then. 
One o'clock here. You got the Panthers, like I said, coming off a huge kick for the victory last week against the Giants, facing the Redskins, another NFC East team here. Washington, the one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. How do you think this one's going? I'm picking against the line in this one, and I'm going to go with the Panthers. Um, that was a big win, even though <clears throat> it shouldn't have been that close. I think the Panthers really should have had their way with the Giants. Uh, they're going to use that moving forward. Cam looked pretty good. Um, give me the Panthers. I think it relies really on the Panthers' ability to not only build the big lead, but keep it. <laughs> That's the problem they had last week. Um, so yeah, the Panthers can at least you know get that strong momentum starting out and then keep it, not settle for the don't lose mentality, settle for the keep winning mentality. That would yeah. be great. But um, I agree. I'm going to go against the spread as well. I think the Panthers should be able to win this game. One o'clock matchup here. You've got Bills Mafia going on the road to the Houston Texans, picking up a win last night against the Dallas Cowboys. Houston, the one-point favorite. I think this is going to be another case of momentum carrying a team to a win. And so I'm going to look for the Texans <clears throat> to uh, move with a win in this one after a huge overtime win against the Cowboys last night. DeAndre Hopkins. You cannot undersell this guy. He's a top four receiver in the league. Oh, no doubt. DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown. Any particular order on that one? Um, gosh, you know. Just any of those. Any of those are honestly, your starters on fantasy. Honestly, give me DeAndre first. DeAndre first. Reliability? What is it? I think talent-wise, all three or all four are on a very similar level. Fair enough. You throw the ball up there, there's a good 75% chance they're going to grab it. But I think in terms of, if you look at what, and DeAndre Hopkins said this last week himself, or over the course of last week, look at what he's done with the quarterbacks that he's played with. And yeah. then look at who the other guys he played with. Odell had Eli Manning at first when he was still good. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown has Big Ben. Has had Big Ben his whole career. Yeah, and Julio Jones has Matt Ryan, another elite quarterback. Look at who DeAndre Hopkins has played with. Yeah. he's Up until Deshaun Watson, who's still an unproven uh, sophomore in the league. Who's rusty off of injury and in a sophomore slump, kind of. DeAndre Hopkins still back. built stats. Yeah, it's nuts. He's and, and look at the off-field issues that Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. cause. And DeAndre is the clear number one for me. All right. I, I think top four stay the same. Um, Robert Woods is up there for me, but he still hasn't reached that elite status. But... Give it a few years. Robert Woods is going to be in the discussion in my mind. But going for this game, I think the Texans as well roll on for the victory against the Bills. All right. Getting out of the 1 o'clock land, going to 4.05 here. You got the Los Angeles Rams, 5-0, going on the road to face the Broncos. The Rams are clicking on all cylinders. Some cylinders that don't even that aren't even there. They're, They're still clicking on they've them. They've got chemistry. Goff and McVay have a great relationship. This is a great team. They're going to roll to 6-0. and oh. uh, they, They'll roll to 6-0. and And going off that chemistry you were talking about, you said it. Um, we're going to go on the Cowboys here next. But similar situation for yeah, the Rams. Yeah, the Rams had that fourth and one. They sent out the punt team. A timeout was called. And during that timeout, Jared Goff went up to McVay and was like, look, we need to go for this. Trust me. Let's do it. And McVay said, yeah. And so they sent out the offense and they got it done. That's great. That's a great relationship to have between coach and quarterback. And part of the reason why the Rams are such a good team right now. I agree. Rolling on to 6-0. and All right, then we talk. But yeah. you do have to watch out because you had Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup suffering concussions. 
We'll see. It's still Monday. We'll see by Thursday. I think the injury yeah. reserves are going to come out. So, by but that's we'll that's something more. to keep in mind. Uh, I think maybe even without the two of them, the Rams are still too still good. Top five team in the league. Uh, <laughs> but that could have an effect on it. But as of right now, I'm going to go with the Rams. I'll go with the Rams as well. All right, moving on then to 425 matchup here. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to Jerry World to face the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about it. Before the matchup, let's talk about the boneheaded decision Jason Garrett had. I think you said on, you basically said it right there. It was a bonehead move. I don't know what Jason Garrett was thinking. That is a call from a coach that's playing not to lose, not a coach that's playing to win. A little bit of background on what happened as well. It was overtime um, between the Texans and the Cowboys. Cowboys were on the Texans' 41-yard line, closing in on field goal range. It was fourth and one. And instead of trying to gut it out to try to, you know, get the win, they punted. Houston um, con- uh, continued by getting the first down and more from DeAndre Hopkins setting up the field goal for the win. It was a gutless move. It I don't I don't know move. what was going through his head when you've got the leading rusher on the season in, in, in Ezekiel Elliott and you've got a big mobile quarterback like Dak Prescott, your options in terms of moving that football one yard, are very wide. You've got plenty of choices to get it done. Run, pass, options. Run, pass, options. RPOs, whatever you want to say it is, that's what they should have used at that moment. You have versatile players. I don't even know I mean, put go with the power set. Put some big boys out there and just let Zeke pound it. Yeah, I whatever. Mean, anything you ha- would have been better than punting the football right there. Anything. Because <clears throat> in my mind, that shows a lack of confidence in your guys to get a yard. Yeah. That's it's insane. And um we saw Jerry. Jerry had some opinions on it. He said at that moment you that's gotta a risk time it. for risk. It's a time for risk. You leave no doubt in that moment. You don't get it, that's fine. You tried. You get it, good. Drive continues, but don't leave that doubt. Don't leave that what if. That so, being said. <laughs> yeah, before we pick this game, I'm I'm gonna pose a quick question to you. Okay. If you're the Cowboys, do you do you fire Jason Garrett? He's had no playoff wins. He had a fourteen and two Cowboys team and lost against the Packers in a yeah and convincing. This win. isn't just a one decision like a, a a one oh he screwed up this call so let's can him. You need to look at his body of work with the Cowboys and you got to realize that it's not where they need to be. It's just been. Uh, I think, I think regardless of if they do it now or later, he's done after this season. I believe so. I believe so. I I don't see the and Cowboys. He, he needs to be done. I don't see the Cowboys making the playoffs. No. I don't. I don't. And that being said, that's going to go into my pick here. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are the better defensive unit, the better overall unit, even with Blake Bortles having the most Bortles moment last week, throwing a pick off of the offensive lineman's helmet into the waiting arms of a Chiefs yeah, player. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Jags are going to rebound win here. Rebound win for the Jags. All right, going on then to another 425 matchup here. Baltimore Ravens going on the road to face the Tennessee Titans. Both teams three and two. Baltimore the three point favorite. What are your thoughts? Uh, Baltimore had a really rough, really rough outing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Six points total scored. Yeah, I mean, what like six field goals in the game? Was that like it? Five, five field goals. Five. You got the four 20. in regulation. Yeah, and then the one in overtime by the Browns for the win. Yeah. Uh, uh, give me the Ravens and a bounce back. 
Uh, and you know what? I see the Titans continuing to roll. They also had a weird game. Um, they had plenty of opportunities to win, and despite their best efforts, the Titans came out with a with a win. So, give me the Titans. They're going to continue their winning ways. All right, then. Moving on, then to a good Sunday night game. I was just about to bring that up. A good Sunday night game, at least on paper. You've got the 5-0 Kansas City Chiefs going on to face the old guard in the New England Patriots. This is kind of funny to me because if you look at the Chiefs' 5-0 run last year, this game against the Patriots is where it started. Yeah, it is. And will it continue or is this where it'll end this year? That's that's the question this week. I'm going to say it's going to continue. I don't see anything stopping Patrick Mahomes. The Patriots have had a revamped defense this year. But the Patriots are clearly not what they were a year or two ago. You're not wrong there. I mean, well, given the starts of those past two years, they're right on par. They're 3-2. and two. <laughs> Yeah, the Patriots do end up... They're, they're, not a, they're not an early season team. They're a mid and late season team where, where you, you get into week... You know, you get into week 7 and 8, and that's a team you don't beat. Yeah. Uh, but right now, I think the Chiefs are a team that you don't beat. I don't know. Like you said, they're an early team to beat, and they're a team week 16 and 17 to beat. It's the middle of the season. Tom Brady's firing on all cylinders. You've got the Patriots exactly, if you're a Patriots fan, how you want them, which is Gronk being as healthy as a Gronk can be. you got a deep threat in Josh Gordon, and you got Julian Edelman in the slot. What else do you want as a Patriots fan on the offense? Tom Brady, I think, will be the reason that the Patriots get the win just by out-offensing, and I will say that's a word, out-offensing the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is still, for all it's worth, technically a rookie. He played one game last season, and he's played all five starts here. Granted, he's 6-0 and as a starter, but he's still inexperienced. It's in Foxborough. I'll be the first to admit it. Boston crowds are not the nicest crowds, and it's a huge stage for him. Sunday night football against what is right now the kings of the AFC. So give me the Patriots to get the win at home. And finally, we got our Monday night matchup here. We've got the 49ers going on the road to face the Packers. Packers struggling last week. Packers struggling big last week from the kicking game and from Aaron Rodgers as well. What are your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> the Packers did have a, a, a tough time in that loss to Detroit. And Aaron Rodgers is, I'd say because of his health, not looking like Aaron Rodgers. However, the 49ers are completely lost without Jimmy Garoppolo, so give me the Packers. In Lambeau, in Lambeau, in Lambeau. too. So. Yeah. I mean, if it was Garoppolo starting, I feel like this would be a fantastic matchup. But that being said, like you said, Packers are just going to win. They're going to win. I don't see them losing to a depleted 49ers team like that. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the NFL. Any final thoughts that you have? I don't think so. All right, then. We're going to shortly touch upon the MLB right now where we just had a game go final. Houston Astros just swept the Cleveland Indians game three, resulting in an 11-3 win for the Astros on the road. Astros will face the winners of the Red Sox and the Yankees. And right now, bottom of the fourth, you got the L.A. Dodgers up one to nothing against the Atlanta Braves. And tonight at 7.40, the Red Sox are going to play the Yankees in game three. How are the remaining matchups going to go on in your mind? Um, so while I do think it was important for the Braves to get a win last night and to show that they are gonna, aren't gonna are going to go down without a fight, I do think the Dodgers will clinch that series tonight. The Braves are too young. Acuna is the future of that team, and he needs a little bit more time to develop into a leader and a better player. Not that he's already 
not fantastic. Uh, In terms of Boston and New York, I don't make picks for that because with this rivalry, it's... You'll never know. Yeah. It could go either way anytime. Look at how close these two teams have played over the past decade. It's it's unreal how close these teams are. So uh, I have no idea, but I'm really excited to watch. Aaron Judge is on fire. Stanton kind of woke up a little bit in game two. So uh, if those bats can stay alive for the Yankees and Luis Severino has a good night, I don't see why they wouldn't go up 2-1 to one in this series. It's in the Bronx. It's in the new Yankee Stadium. The judges' chambers are going to be hype. But that being said, the Red Sox have had a lot of loud, long outs. And the Yankees' uh, stadium, the fences are closer. So I'm expecting some really high-scoring matchups, some 8-7s, 9-6s kind of matchups here going into New York. I don't know. I really can't pick a winner here. It's really splitting hairs here. And I think that the winner of this game really has it cut out with the Astros having... A lot of rest sweeping the Indians. Yeah, uh, I think whoever comes out of this of this ALDS between the Boston Red Sox and the, and the Yankees here, they're going to have a tough time beating the Houston Astros. I don't know if either team can get it done, but for now, I'm going to enjoy this great rivalry baseball. Uh, it is. I love seeing rivalry baseball. Better to see rivalry baseball in the postseason. This is good for baseball. All right, then. Moving on. To college football, we saw a lot of interesting results last weekend, but let's see what we got here in week seven. Starting with Friday night, you got the ranked South Florida Bulls going on the road to face Tulsa. What are your thoughts? There's three ranked group of five teams now. This is great for the group of five, all representing the American, Mm -hmm. but this is still fantastic for the group of five to be represented in the national scene like this. Power six? <laughs> it's it's looking that way. Uh, the the American is continuously proving itself as a conference that can compete. I think what they need to do is start scheduling some tough out of conference games. UCF needs to play an SEC team. Oh man, I would love that. You, I mean, they took down Auburn. They did. So let's schedule Georgia. How about a home and home with Arkansas? I want to see that. I think that'd be close. <laughs> uh, no, Ske- you know, schedule schedule some some quality Power Five teams. You know, don't go get Rutgers. No. <laughs> go go get, you know, go get a Virginia Tech. Go get a Clemson. Go get a Notre Dame. Ooh. That'd be fun. That'd that's be what fun the, that, that right there, the test of, of how the American stacks up against these Power Five conferences is the only thing holding them back right now. And it's interesting because, as it is, Notre Dame is an FBS team, like the Atlanta Conference is, but they're independent. But given their tenure, they're more respected than these out of um, these AAC teams are going to be. Well, and because being an independent, they do compete with with Power Five schools but regularly. They, but Notre Dame just faces off with the ACC, mate, mostly. Yeah, I mean, and they don't have the strongest schedule. I think they they don't have another ranked opponent on their schedule this season. But we'll get to that later. But the point is, Notre Dame is still a, a nationally respected squad, whereas the American... One of the Blue Bloods. Yeah, whereas the American is, is still working towards that respect. Nevertheless, I do look for UCF to get the win here and move to 6-0. and Or USF, excuse me. Yeah, I agree. USF should get the win here. <clears throat> Charlie Strong, good on him, man. Yeah. Left Texas, and he's done amazing things with this program. Yeah. And, you know, I always said it wasn't... Charlie Strong wasn't the problem with the Longhorns, but... I guess good for the Bulls now. They've got themselves a really solid coach and, and a really good program. Good on them. Moving on to Saturday's matchup. We've got noon. Tennessee taking on number 21, Auburn. 
Auburn coming off a confounding loss in my mind against Mississippi State where they just couldn't get the offense going. Jared Stidham is not what uh, we once thought he was. We are who they thought we were. <laughs> Except he's not. Exactly. Uh, he's very hot and cold. He's not consistent. And that's a huge issue for Auburn. However, Tennessee is a massive dumpster fire, so uh, look for Auburn to get out of Jordan Hare with a win. The good news is, with Auburn's loss, Gus Malzahn just did get a 10-year contract. <laughs> um, yeah, Tennessee's too much of a dumpster fire in my mind. The patented trash can't team of college football. Mm-hmm. So Auburn should be able to come back and get a win here, Go, moving on to 5-2. and two. All right, another noon matchup here. You got the Minnesota Gophers going to the horseshoe to face the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't think anything's stopping Ohio State, and uh, it's surely not Minnesota. So. I mean, Ohio State did get their yearly um, Iowa, I mean, not Iowa, Indiana's giving us a little bit of trouble. Medicine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, give me the Buckeyes big. Buckeyes big. Another noon matchup, all SEC. We've got Florida traveling to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Florida coming off of a huge win versus LSU. Not the biggest of margins, but the biggest of implications with Florida now controlling their own destiny in the East. Wouldn't it be the most Florida thing to lose this game? Oh, it would be. (laughs) It would be absolutely Florida for Felipe Franks to go back to form and then lose on the road to Vanderbilt. I mean, let's not forget Kyle Shermer is a really good quarterback at Vandy. Yeah, he's he's a good quarterback. He has 1,400 yards on the year, nine touchdowns at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if Vandy did pull the upset, but I am going to go with the Gators. I do think they roll off the momentum from LSU. It, it's going to be an interesting matchup, but I, I I don't know. Yeah, give me Florida for the win here. It's toss-up in my mind. It's going to be a toss-up. All right, then, moving then to a 2.30 matchup here. A bit of a weird scheduling here in South Bend, Indiana. you got Notre Dame at home facing the Pittsburgh Panthers. So here's the deal. Notre Dame's going to win this game, but I'm going to get on my soapbox about Notre Dame for a minute. Oh, let me hear it. And if you're an Irish fan, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. Notre Dame's overrated. Number five spot, overrated. Yeah. Look at who they played. They beat a Stanford team that got blown out by an unranked Utah. They beat a Virginia Tech team that got beat by Old Dominion. Yes. (laughs) Those are the two marquee wins. Yeah. Teams that have gotten beat by unranked teams, and one team got beat by a team that had never beaten a Power 5 team before. This smells a lot like 2012 for me. (laughs) Where Notre Dame runs the table, walks to the national championship, and gets smacked by a real team. Oh, man. So say Notre Dame slides in at the four spot and plays Alabama. Alabama will wipe the floor with the Irish. Oh, yeah, definitely. 30-point win. Yeah, I agree. It'll be easy. It'll be, uh, I think, uh, I don't think there's any scenario where if the Irish make the playoff, they make the national championship. Given the teams that are right now in the discussion, I don't believe so either. I think if if Notre Dame wants to be respected, they need to choose a conference and and they need to join a conference and and they need to join the ACC like the rest of their sports, except for hockey, which is Big Ten. Yeah. And play for the conference. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Would it help them? Yes. It would be great for Notre Dame, playoff-wise, to say, we've got a conference, we've got that 13th data point, we've got all the things that we need, we're, you know, we're facing actual teams every week, whatnot. But they're, they're as close to being in a conference of football as they've ever been. They, but they're not. They still play only 12 games a season, regardless of how good they do. I know that. I know that. 
They're taking steps in the right direction. I think that they're an okay team. I think Ian Book is the answer. I'm not saying they're bad by any means. I'm just saying, I mean, I, I, surely they're a top 25 team. No doubt. They're top not 10. not top five. No. Well, this, huh. the thing is, <laughs> they just don't stack up against the rest of the top four. Put Notre Dame against any of the top four right now, and they will be beat soundly. Alabama, big win. Georgia, big win. Ohio State. Big win. Clemson be a good game, but Clemson will come out on top. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think Notre Dame has too much clout, per se, with the committee. I mean, you saw it in 2012. I mean, they were undefeated, yes. But every week it seemed like they were uh, overrated until there were no undefeated teams left. And I, I think that goes into what you're saying with a weak schedule. Being a independent team, they can they can uh, have the Navy's and the armies of the world playing them every year and calling that a rivalry. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, Notre Dame, big win. Notre Dame, big win. I agree. 330 matchup. We've got number two, Georgia, traveling to Death Valley to take on number 13, LSU, looking for a rebound after taking a loss to Florida. And that's what's going to happen in my mind. I think that LSU is going to pull off the upset here. Georgia, the only t- only a touchdown favorite on the road. But this is death or death valley with an F or a TH, whatever you choose. And LSU needs this. LSU needs the win. Because with that loss to Florida, they're no longer in, they're no longer, you know, top dog right now in the SEC West. They need to win out. And that starts LSU's, with week one. LSU still controls their own destiny. They control if their they own destiny. They can knock off Georgia and Alabama, LSU will be Right up there in the playoffs. They're number 13 right now. Coming down from, what was it, five last week? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not too far away. Interestingly enough, they beat Florida and they're one ranking above them right now. Or they, um, got, they got beat by Florida. Yes, sorry. They got beat by Florida. Um, give me the dogs. I think the, the, the Georgia's too skilled on the line of scrimmage. They're too, they're too quick and they're too big on the line of scrimmage. Either way, I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup. I think yeah. this one's going to be a huge game. I think this might be game of the year candidate in my mind. All right, then, moving on then. Another 330 matchup here. you got Washington in a Pac-12 matchup going on the road to Eugene to face the Oregon Ducks. What's your thoughts? Um, this is a really good game. Um, and I... The spread is so close. I feel like these teams are so close. Give me the Ducks... Because it's in Eugene and the play of Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has been better than Jake Browning this year. I was just about to ask, quarterback quarterback play comparison here. Which one would you have liked more? You're saying Herbert, and I can't disagree. Herbert has been the more solid quarterback in my mind. Oregon's 4-1 right now, and if it wasn't for a late meltdown against Stanford, they'd be undefeated right now and into the discussion for the playoffs. As it stands, though, this one has a lot of implications for the Pac-12 North. This one, you win this one. You basically got the Pac-12 North in your hands for the rest of the season. Yep. Give me Washington for the road win here. Give me Washington. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be another heartbreaker for Oregon. Ooh. 3.30, we've got Michigan State traveling to Happy Valley to take on the Nittany Lions. Michigan State coming off of a loss against Northwestern. A Northwestern team that... Uh, gave Michigan a lot of trouble. They did. And they gave Michigan State enough trouble to lose. So, and then you got Penn State coming off a bye going up three spots. <laughs> yeah, I'm... <laughs> That's the kind of week we had last week, folks. It was a fun week of college football. 
I go for the Penn State bounce back here. Um, they lost against Ohio State, took the bye, and they're at the number eight spot. They're not out of the playoffs. Um, they control their own destiny somewhat here. Who do you think is going to win it? Uh, give me the Nittany Lions. I think that Trace McSorley's got something to prove after that loss against Ohio State, and I think they're going to take it out on Michigan State. I agree. All right, then. Moving on, then, to our 3-30 matchup here. We've got Baylor, 4-2, and two, going on the road to face the Texas Longhorns. Is Texas back? Yeah, but, like, wouldn't it have been the most Florida thing to lose to Vandy? Wouldn't it be the most Texas thing to drop one to Baylor here? I don't, th- I don't think. I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's any way it happens. Uh, Texas is riding high after a humongous win against Oklahoma. Uh, Sam Ellinger looks really good. Um, Texas as a whole looks good. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. Texas is back. Texas is back. And uh, <laughs> nice little talking point here. Talk about the kicker for Texas. You got. You got Cameron Dicker, kicker for the Longhorns. Does not care about this rivalry at all. Nerves of steel, because there was no nerves. <laughs> he didn't care at all. Last second field goal to win the game. This guy grew up in South Korea, playing soccer, came to the States, and then he was like, you know what, I'll try kicking for a bit. Didn't really know that this was a huge moment. He couldn't tell, you know, what the crowd and whatnot, but he didn't care that much. So, that was a fun, fun game last week. I think one of the better games last week with Texas um, building up that huge lead just to lose it in the fourth quarter and then coming back for the win. I think that Texas will continue their winning ways, moving to 6-1 and one in what I will say I did not expect after that week one performance against Michigan. Maryland. Against Maryland. Moving on now, we got 330, number 10, top 10 now. UCF Golden Knights taking Woo! on Memphis, who seems to be their American rival here um, in Memphis. This one's going to be interesting. This one's going to be a closer matchup than a lot of people think. Um, this one doesn't have a line. I don't think it, that... I, I saw the line earlier, and I, I, I believe... Uh, yeah, it's a really close line, actually. UCF's a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Number 10 team in the nation facing an unranked group of five team. And they're only four-and-a-half points. That really shows to me that Memphis isn't as bad as team as people think. They're four-and-two, but I think they can give UCF trouble here. Do you think they pull off the upset? I don't. I think Mackenzie Milton is playing too good of football right now for Memphis to take him down. I agree. I think UCF has the opportunity to be the <clears> real <throat> Boise State, you know, that everyone was yeah. anticipating. It's like they'll finally make <coughs> it. They won't just be BCS, they'll be national champions. Yeah. UCF can make the playoffs. Well, granted that the committee doesn't drop into 19 when the first rankings come out. Oh gosh. <laughs> but uh, fun I, times. I think the committee, I think they've earned a lot of respect over over the performances they've put on the past year, especially defeating Auburn in the in the Peach Bowl. They've got what is it now? They got a 17 uh, game win streak right now. Nuts. Nuts. Longest streak in college football at the moment. All right. Moving on to 3:30, newly ranked again. Uh, 22 Texas A&M. Traveling to Columbia to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. South Carolina coming off a come-from-behind victory to beat the Missouri Tigers. Texas A&M beating Kentucky in overtime. Who's got the edge in your mind? A&M because of quarterback play. Even with Skarnekia. Skarnekia didn't have a good second half. He did Skarnekia had a really good first half. He did. His second half was average. But it was his first start. Yeah, but... Kellen Mond is a better quarterback than both Skarnekia and Jake Bentley combined. He is. He is. Um, so give me A&M off their quarterback play. 
A&M off the quarterback play and wide receiver play. Debo Samuel still hurting with injuries. And I think that's going to be the thing. Uh, Skarnecki, even if he is starting, he doesn't have the... The weaponry. He doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't have the weaponry that he needs. And um, that's going to be the difference here. So, yeah, give me Kellen Mond and the Aggies. Moving on then to our 7 o'clock matchups here. You've got Missouri coming off that loss against South Carolina. About to face another loss here against Alabama. Not really much to say here. Roll Tide. Like I said last week, good teams win, great teams cover. Alabama did not cover against Arkansas. Can this spell playoff trouble? <laughs> that sounds like a story e- or uh, ESPN would try and spin right now. <laughs> Alabama with a huge win here in my mind. Moving on, 7 o'clock, we got number 6, West Virginia, taking on Iowa State, fret off of up, an upset of Oklahoma State. Uh, does it spell trouble for West Virginia? Not at all. Will Greer is my Heisman front runner still. I think West Virginia is at a good spot right now. Maybe a bit overranked at six. You give Will Greer the Heisman over Tua Tagovailoa. Yes. Tua Tagovailoa hasn't finished a game. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't had to. He's put up enough points to put Alabama. I'm pretty sure in what most of their games, if you would have just ended the game when they took Tua out, Bama still like if Bama didn't score another point, they probably still would have won every yeah. single game. Listen, Tua is my Heisman right now. Tua Tagovailoa has the LeBron James effect in my mind, where LeBron James should win NBA MVP every year, but doesn't because it's kind of unfair. <laughs> you got to give the rest of the field an but opportunity. No, because because this Tua has never won. He's a f- sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. He's in won his a nat- first year star. He's won a national championship. Okay, he won half a natty. The only time he's ever finished a damn game. <laughs> Either way. Uh, that's we got off track. Regardless, two is the better quarterback than Will Greer. But anyway, uh, give me West Virginia over Iowa State. All right, moving on then. Seven o'clock matchup here. You got Miami coming off the win, comeback win against Florida State, facing Virginia. Miami's a six-point favorite on the road. I'm gonna call my stupid upset. Oh boy, really? Yeah, give me the Cavs. Oh, what's your reasoning? What? Miami just again. They're not that good. They're not 16 good. I think they're a solid 23. Maybe, <laughs> if that. But Florida State's terrible. There's no reason Florida State should have hung with them like that. Listen, Frenchie showed guts. He always does. I have a lot of respect for DeAndre Francois. I do, too. Uh, Virginia's not playing bad ball. They are 3-2, and two, but... I'm changing my mind. Give me Miami. Oh, just because of the, just his of the defense. Virginia can score, but the defense. Last week, we got the answer. Turnover chain, better than turnover backpack. It always was. The backpack's stupid. Not a fan of the Merce. I agree. Miami with the win. I'm not conflicted about it. Virginia's not good enough for it. 7.30, college game day game of the week. Wisconsin traveling to Ann Arbor to take on the Wolverines. On one side, I have (laughs) Michigan, who I don't have confidence in. On the other... You hate Wisconsin. (laughs) I don't like Wisconsin, man. I don't. And they're right where they should be at the 15th spot. Um, Even then, they're a little high. I think they're going to make a pretty big jump this week. I think they're going to topple Michigan in the big house. I think the combined play of Alex Hornibrook and Jonathan Taylor is more firepower than Michigan has in their pinky on offense. Um, And I think for that reason, Wisconsin outscores. But then again, Michigan's run defense is fantastic. It is. So... What do you do? I think a low-scoring affair. 
Um, but give me the Badgers on top. Get ready for this. I agree. What? The Badgers are going to go into the big house and come out with a victory. And for some reason, they're going to jump up to number six. But that's just the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Going on then to our last matchup of ranked teams here. You got Colorado. Number 19 right now, 5-0. and Going in to Los Angeles to face the USC Trojans. Colorado, we were talking about last week, sneaky good. I think they're actually solidifiedly good. They're a good team. They're 19 right now in the nation. They're rising the ranks. What do you think's happening? They are good. However, anytime you're going to the Rose Bowl at night, it is extremely difficult to come out of there with a win. USC knows what it's like to be successful. Those fans know what it's like to play in a, in a high-octane environment. Colorado doesn't really know what that's like. Mm-mm, they don't. Give me the Trojans upsetting the Buffs. I like the underdog story. I do, too. I really would love Colorado to, to, to win this game and continue and win the Pac-12, actually. But I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're not quite ready yet. Um, so, so give me... Is, Col- the is Colorado the lone playoff hope for the Pac-12? Everybody I think, I think else if, has wa- a loss. If, if Washington can win out, if a couple other teams lose and help them out, I think the Pac-12 still has a chance. Uh, I think Washington has more of a shot than Colorado. Does a one-loss Washington get in over a one-loss SEC runner-up? No. Does a 12 or 13-0 Colorado get in over an SEC runner-up with one loss? I'm going to go with Colorado here. I think that they're a great story. They're going to move on to 6-0 and and become bowl eligible in the minimum amount of attempts here. I like them. I like them. I like them. I like them. Um, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for them. But that's about going to wrap it up. Any final words that you have to say about college football or sports in general? Um, I don't think so. It's been a really hectic week. A lot of crazy storylines. I'm excited to see what comes out of this week. All right. Until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening. And adios. Sound, 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 sound. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came in.